0: We've been looking at the third commandment, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, because the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. What does that actually mean? Well, for me to take the name and to tell you I'm a Christian, this is what I I believe. If I'm going to tell you I'm a Christian, or I'm going to wear the garments of a Christian, or I'm going to act like, th- make you think I'm a Christian, but I'm not Allow, I'm, I'm not allowing his name to work in my life. Uh, and, and that has to do with he wants to be our provider. He wants to be our healer. He wants to be our banner of protection. His banner over us is love. He wants to be our sanctifier. I don't have to sanctify myself. That's what he did at the cross. He, he shed his blood for my sin, for the sins of the whole world. And he wants to be our sanctifier. He wants to be my peace. He wants to be my shepherd. He wants to be my righteousness. And he wants to be present in my life. He wants to walk with me daily in every moment of the day. He wants me to share my heart with him. And he wants to share his heart with me. And so the third commandment saying, don't take that in vain. Allow it to work in your life. And so <clears throat> I was uh, going back and doing the scriptures on how um, uh, God revealed himself, how he started revealing himself to man, to his creation, to mankind. And the first one was to Abram in Genesis 22. And Abraham, actually, it says, uh, "'Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns.'" Now, this is when Abraham was feeling like he needed to um, sacrifice his son. I, I really think part of it had to do with um, uh, everybody around him, the whole culture he was in, that's what they did. They sacrificed their children. And and Abraham had that in him, thinking that, that's, that he needed to do that. And I believe God just let him go ahead and do that in order to get it off, to get it out of his system, he, because God says somewhere else in the scriptures, I never even that never even entered my mind for you to sacrifice your children. So uh, I just throw that out there. You don't have to take it if you don't want it. But um, so Abraham, Abraham was taking Isaac to sacrifice him on the altar, and uh, when he gets there, he uh, he was going to offer him as a burnt offering. And, and uh, when he gets there, he saw behind him uh, a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. Now the word for horns is uh, power in the Old Testament. In the in the Hebrew times, it was like the horns of the altar. They'd grab hold of the horns of the altar. That that that's a symbolic of power. And Abraham went and took the ram that that he saw caught in the thicket. And I just see in this picture. See, you you have to look at things in. In the Bible, and especially in the Old Testament, because there are real stories that happened, but I've got to translate that to how does that affect my life today? And it's I it has to have a spiritual, uh, a spiritual understanding to it. I have to understand it by the Spirit how it will affect me today. I'm not looking for a ram caught in the thicket, but what did that mean? How do how do I interpret that for my life? Well, if the the if he's caught in the thicket by his horns, then his power was trapped by this thicket, sometimes the power of God gets trapped in us by our um, thoughts, like, like I said before, people have always thought, well, you save God for the big stuff. You don't. He's not interested in what you have for dinner. He's not interested in what you wear to church. He's not interested in, in these minor details. He's too busy for that, and you need to take care of all of that. He's not going to take care of all that for you. Well, he's already gone before us and met every need that we could ever have. We just need to start believing that. But if I believe that it's up to me, then my horns are caught in the thicket of the those thoughts, you see. So we want to free our thought patterns to know what God really wants to do. He wants to be our provider. He said, I will see to it. I want to provide for you. Now, that doesn't mean I don't do anything. And and that's the way some people would translate that. It doesn't mean sometimes you work even harder when you're walking with God and doing it His way, but it doesn't mean I don't do anything. I uh we are told that it's a labor of love and a work of faith. So faith is a work. For me to shut down all the noise of unbelief, doubt and unbelief, and keep the promise of God in the forefront, standing on it, that's a work. I, it's a discipline and a work. And so... God says, I am your provider. And that's what, when Abraham got, Abraham got the revelation, uh, when he saw the ram caught in the thicket, he went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. So Abraham got a revelation of this God that he's getting in touch with, and he got a revelation that he will see to things he will provide because he stopped him from killing his own son and he provided he provided the sacrifice which is a picture of us with Christ he's already provided our sacrifice he's provided the sacrifice we have to invite Christ in we have to call upon his name but God has already provided for that and so many times he's already provided and we're begging him to provide. Stop and think about what how you pray. I, I caught myself one day praying for my kids out of fear and not out of faith. And finally, I said, well, I've already prayed those prayers several times before. Maybe I ought to just start believing that he's heard me and that he's answering them. And if And if he hasn't, if there's some blockage in the way, then the Lord will speak to us and help us. Uh, readjust ourselves or get ourselves repositioned, if you will, you have to be positioned to receive. And so sometimes I might be out of position and he'll correct me and I'll fix that. And then then I'll be able to receive maybe. Uh, but just remember that sometimes our thoughts trap the power of God that's within us. And, and will hinder us from receiving or seeing the ram caught in the thicket. Or the ram would have come to Abraham, uh, but its horns were caught in the thicket. The power of it was caught in the thicket. So um, God wants to be our provider. And in the New Testament, the New Testament uh, confirmation to that Scripture from the Old Testament is Philippians 4.19 but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, according to is a, a strong word. It's kata, K-A-T-A in the Greek. And it means, to, uh, one of the things it means is to the same intensity of. So if God will supply all my need to the same intensity of His riches and glory, remember honor and majesty, wealth and riches. Uh, it says, "As the heavens are for height, and the earth is for depth, so is the heart of the king." Uh, what is the other one? Um, the phantomless. Paul was was given the privilege to preach to the Gentiles the unending. Bottomless, phantomless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ, wealth which no human being could have searched out. We would never find it, but that we had this walk, this journey with the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us, showing us His riches in glory. <sighs> I'm about to preach myself happy here, <laughs> especially in the day that we live in. There's talking of famines, talking of banks closing, talking of all kinds of stuff. But you know what? Just remember we live out of a different kingdom. Our kingdom is not falling apart. Our kingdom is not closing down. Our kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His original comment to us, his original direction to his human being creation was to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth, subdue it, and take dominion. So he wants to supply all of our needs according to to the same intensity of his riches and glory in Christ. And we just saw what that was. Uh, Boundless, phantomless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches in Christ. That means there's there's no... ceiling, there's no bottom, there's no right or left. That's just endless, endless riches in Christ. I think we ought to encourage ourselves to ask the Lord to start revealing some of these things to us. Amen? I want to ask Him, what are these unsearchable riches in Christ, Lord? I want to see them. Remember Moses in Exodus 33? He said to the Lord, show me thy glory, Lord. And literally, if you translate that out, literally it, it can mean it's in the causative uh, voice. Cause me to see your glory, Jesus. Cause me to see your glory, Lord. So we can ask the Lord for that. And let's just do that. Because we live in a day when people are hopeless. And there's yet there's so much, there's so much available to us. If we just knew how to call on it, our ram has been caught in the thicket, and we need to loose him and set him free. So we, can, we need to get rid of those thoughts of lack and, and not enough, and we need to have faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, the assurance. We want to develop that assurance. So I encourage myself as well as you to spend some time meditating on these promises and that God is our provider. He wants to provide for us according to the same intensity of his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? That's good. I'll see you next time.